Siata Dishmaya, let's continue on understanding about our tefillah and our davening and Shmona Esrei and uh, in Amidad and Shema and everything that we that we speak to Hashem about. So now let's talk about meditation to enhance the tefillah experience. So for many Jews, meditation doesn't seem like a Jewish practice. They perceive meditation as a practice from the Far East conducted by individuals clad in flowing robes sitting in a lotus position. Rabbi Aryeh Kaplan in his classic work on Jewish meditation notes that many Jews are uncomfortable with meditation. They feel that something from a different culture tacked onto Judaism. And although many traditional sources discuss Jewish meditation after a century of neglect, many Jews find the notion difficult to accept. Even the word has an alien ring to it as if it were something borrowed from another world. So known in Hebrew as his bodedus, Meditation is very much a part of our tradition, and this term literally means self-isolation. Our forefather Yitzhak is believed to be the first Jew who practiced meditation as is written. Yitzhak went out to pray in the field towards evening. Our sages state that Yitzhak established the afternoon prayer, Mencha. However, Sephorno describes Yitzhak's prayer in the sense of meditation. Yitzhak turned from the path with the intent to pour out his passionate words to God in the field so that he not be disturbed by passerbys. So the early sages who practiced meditation often, often isolated themselves each day for focused private prayer. Rabbi Nachman of Breslov described this form of his bodedus as a special dimension of aloneness in which the heart is open to an intimate com communion with God. The practice of his bodedus was not meant just for the saintly and pious individuals of yesteryear. It's meant for each of us nowadays as, as, as prescribed in the Shukan Aruch. One who prays has to keep in mind the meaning of the words he is saying. He should imagine himself standing before the divine presence. He should remove any distracting thoughts so that his mind is clear for prayer. And so the pious men of deeds will go out alone to pray with such pure thoughts in their prayers that they reached a level where their spirituality became primary to their physicality. So, so we have so many things in our minds throughout the day. Meditation helps us control our thoughts and focus on our prayers, making them a truly spiritual experience. We may close our eyes and pronounce the words with great feeling as we concentrate on their meaning. This practice will enable us to focus on what we are saying rather than the thoughts that interrupt us. So in order to prepare for davening, some engage in meditation to relax the mind. So in order to enter a meditative state, Rabbi Kaplan proposes that you repeat a few words, a short phrase over and over again until your mind is relaxed. Rabbi Kaplan himself preferred the mantra, Ribono Shel Olam, Master of the Universe, a term once chosen by Rabbi Nachman of Breslov for his own meditations. And once your mind is relaxed, you'll be able to control your thoughts and feelings so that to later focus on your prayers. And clearly the training process to practice meditation is a serious discipline and may take a long time to perfect. So in spontaneous prayers, Rabbi Nachman of Breslov introduced an easier approach to attaining spirituality, spontaneous prayers. Each prayer, since each prayer in essence is speaking to God, in order to establish a personal relationship with Him, we should compose our own prayers in our own native tongue, reflecting our own current condition. And this approach has not only been successful in the prayer process, it's still being used by, by Rabbeim today in, in their work to bring spiritual healing. Rabbi Nachman's approach was in fact highlighted by the Chafetz Haim, who advocated speaking to God after regular services in your own native tongue. 
Rabbi Nachman's approach inspires open prayer from the heart. It's not obligatory in any way, but it's part of the personal relationship between yourself and Hashem. One could say that a person can dive into God every day and not have spoken to Hashem not even once. On the other hand, one who is not sensitive to the interpretations of the set prayers in the Siddur, as presented by the sages, should not dare to change or translate them. The words of the sages were inspired by Ruach HaKodesh, Hashem's Holy Spirit, and only Siddur translations prepared by Torah scholars should be used. So let's now see how spontaneous prayer lends itself to hospital situations. The Jewish chaplain of her hospital, Rabbi Levi, enters the room of a new patient, Steve King. He doesn't know that Mr. King, he doesn't know him at all, but he was called into his room to offer support at this very most difficult time. He learns that the patient has had multiple surgeries in the past and is extremely apprehensive of the surgery that he's about to face. He has had very little Jewish exposure other than his bar mitzvah. So Steve asks Rabbi Levi to recite a prayer. Rabbi Levi begins, Almighty God, I am standing at the bedside of Steve King, who is about to undergo serious surgery once again. Steve is very fearful of the impending surgery, and so we pray to you to guide the hands of the surgeons to complete this procedure successfully. Heal Steve from pain and suffering so he can return to his loved ones. And let us say, Amen. So what makes this form of spontaneous prayer so effective is that it's spoken in simple but powerful English and clearly relating to the condition of the patient at that moment. So the ultimate source for spontaneous prayer in the Torah is Moshe's plea to God to heal his sister Miriam. God, please heal her now. These plain five words uttered at the spur of the moment brought healing to Miriam God, please heal her now. It's not the length of the prayer or its poetic wording that makes a difference. It's the heartfelt expression of the soul speaking directly to the Almighty himself. And so it's important to be alert and oriented to what we are saying when we daven. And there are several techniques that our sages recommend to facilitate kavanah. We're accustomed to recite the first verse of Shema out loud in order to awaken concentration. We're also accustomed to covering the eyes during the resuscitation of the first verse so that we'll not come to gaze on any item that will distract us. We may find these Shema guidelines helpful in, in, in any, any situation that when we're having difficulty in concentrating on our prayers. Very often our minds drift away from what we're supposed to be praying and even though we automatically turn the pages as if we were dominating, when we get into the mindless rut of praying without kavana, we may wake ourselves up by reciting the prayers out loud. Suggested, here are some suggested techniques for better kavana. Okay? Understand the meaning of the words, and you can achieve this goal through study of the translation of the prayers in your siddur by classes or shiurim or harusa with a knowledgeable study partner. Pray from a siddur, not by heart. According to the Chofetz Haim, this practice is basic to proper prayer. Recite the tefillah out loud, but not loud enough to disturb anyone. Cover your eyes when reciting Shema to prevent distraction. When we gaze outside into the physical world, we're often distracted by all what's going on and cannot concentrate on spiritual thoughts. While the rabbis require this only for the first verse of Shema, it's often beneficial to close or cover our eyes whenever we're experiencing distracting thoughts. Beware that sometimes you can get lost in your spiritual thoughts and lose track of your place in davening. So it's important to periodically ground yourself by returning to the Siddur page. Point to each word as you say it. The joint reinforcement of both voicing the words out loud and simultaneously pointing to those words keeps you engaged. 
and purchase a personal Sidur for your use throughout the day. Some Sidurim have a heading over each blessing that underscores its theme. In fact, some actually highlight the theme to call attention to each blessing and to encourage the one who is davening to pause briefly and reflect on the meaning of the blessing. And additionally, you can post adhesive notes to your personal Sidur as a reminder to say special prayers for the sick, Kaddish, and yard sites, or prayers for special days such as Yaleve Yavo and Al uh, And additionally, you can use these notes as bookmarks to distinguish one section of the, of the Sidur from another. And for example, during morning Rosh Kodesh service, when you have to turn to Halel or Musaf, which are often located in the back of the Sidur, a bookmark will help expedite finding the right page. And if you encounter disrupted thoughts throughout the Shemona Esrei, put your hand on your forehead and contemplate the following verse from Psalms, Psalms 51. Create for me a pure heart, God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Baruch Adonai Leolam, Amen ve'amen.